Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello once again. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So, are you ready to make the switch this weekend? Sunday we have daylight saving time. It ends and we go to standard time. This is that weekend where you could potentially get an extra hour of sleep. But do you actually take advantage of that? Or are you more like me where... You just use it as an excuse to stay up an extra hour later into the night, Saturday, knowing you're going to get that hour back overnight. Now, there is the possibility that this could be the very last time that we ever make that fallback time change here in the U.S. Back in March of this year, the U.S. Senate unanimously voted in favor of a bill called the Sunshine Protection Act. This bill would make daylight saving time permanent year-round for all states except for Hawaii and for most of Arizona. Those two states, they would stay in standard time. And, I mean, really, I think for Arizona, that's more just moving Arizona from mountain time zone into the Pacific time zone. I don't think you'd have to differentiate anymore between daylight saving or standard time. So if this bill the Sunshine Protection Act becomes law, then potentially when we spring forward, when we move our clocks ahead in March this next year, that could be the last time that we ever move our clocks forward or backward. But who knows if it'll really happen. Right now, this bill appears to be stalled in the House. One other piece of information that you might like to know about the time change When you talk about daylight saving time, you might notice I'm saying saving, singular, not plural. And I have to catch myself on that all the time. I so often want to say daylight savings time. And if you do that too, if if you're like me, you got to drop that S off the end of savings. Daylight saving time is the proper way to say it. But, you know, there are some very serious impacts that we deal with in our society, in our culture, because of that one-hour time change that we go through. We deal with it in the spring. We deal with it in the fall. In the spring, when we move our clocks forward, there's that loss of an hour of sleep. That results in more traffic accidents on that Monday after this, the, the time change. That Monday also brings more workplace injuries, and those injuries statistically are more severe compared to other Mondays throughout the year. And then there is the risk of having a heart attack. That increases in those first three weekdays after switching to daylight saving time. Here at this time in the fall, when we make that change back to standard time, when we 
uh, lose an hour of afternoon daylight, that loss of daylight in the afternoon, that also leads to a higher number of traffic accidents. And that time change, with more of our daylight gone in the afternoon, it can trigger mental illness, including higher rates of bipolar disorder, seasonal affective disorder. That's also just simply known as winter depression. And there was a Danish study recently that found 11% of an increase in depression rates after the time change in the fall. An Australian report found that males specifically, male suicide rates, increased in those days following both in the spring and in the fall time changes. Now, the good news about that depression is that it gradually lessened and finally went away for almost anyone dealing with it. Sometimes it would last as long as 10 weeks, but it it does fade away. So that's a bit of good news there. But if you find yourself feeling a little bit down, a little bit melancholy for the next several days next week, or even for a few weeks, you are not alone. But of course, it doesn't take only a change in the clocks to bring around sadness or depression in our lives. All kinds of factors can lead to feeling uneasy, anxious, depressed. We're heading into a time of year that traditionally is supposed to be filled with joy, with happiness, with celebration. You're supposed to gather with family for the upcoming holidays, supposed to enjoy good food, giving and receiving gifts. But what if getting together with your family is mainly filled with stress and anxiety? Or what if you're dealing with the loss of someone in your family? There's that overwhelmingly noticeable void this year as you look ahead to Thanksgiving and to Christmas. How are we supposed to experience joy? And I'm talking about true joy, the joy that God wants for us. When we're worried, when we're lonely, when we're stressed. Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to spend some time looking at how we can experience this kind of joy, even in the midst of difficulties. We want to talk about how our faith can help us in those times, how even when things maybe don't seem all that good in the moment, we can still experience that deep abiding joy that comes from knowing Christ, from being united to him through the church, through the sacraments, through prayer. And joining us is our spiritual director today on The Inner Life, Father Michael Nixon is back with us once again. Father Michael is a priest in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, and he's the pastor of St. Dominic's Catholic Church in Panama City, Florida. Father Michael, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here. It's so good to be back. Thanks so much for having me. Well, uh, you know, we want to talk about joy, but as we talk about joy today, like I said, there's so many things this time of year that can can seem to be really the antithesis of that topic that we want to get to. So, you know, we're we're right now exactly three weeks away from Thanksgiving, and this time of year, like I say, can be a, a lot of fun. You know, joy and celebrations, getting together with family, the food, the gifts— but there can be that stress associated with family gatherings. There can be the loneliness, the depression, uh, you know, especially if you have lost a loved one. And then when you're in that situation, if there's that loneliness, if there's that anxiety, the holidays will just magnify that. And everyone else around you seems to be in holiday bliss, which makes you then even more feel more isolated. So, you know, 
I, I guess the first question is, if I find myself in this situation, is there hope for me? Yeah. Well, I, I think um, a resounding yes to that, but also to recognizing, I think it's, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. We're, we're diving into this because oftentimes people can feel on the outside of that and feel like there's something there's something wrong with them and there's something, you know, every, every other family loves to get together in my family. It's a nightmare or, you know, or uh, just, just experiencing brokenness or loss or the death of a loved one and how, you know, the, the lingering uh, just, just pain and hurt uh, and just feeling that loss even more so during this time. So, so I think it's important to say that you're not a bad Catholic, not a bad Christian. If, if you're, if you do experience that, or if there's even some anxiety as we head into these times, um, but recognizing too, that, that the gospel does does uh, uh, bring joy with it, which is not always you know that that sweet saccharine happiness that we can be that can be passing, but it is something deep and abiding. And uh, I think I think just just what the church is leading us through these next several weeks really can open us up to a deeper experience of that. Whatever the circumstances and situations might be at home, uh, we can talk more about that too. How how we sort of uh, bring bring that to our homes. But but just just uh, my my first thing to say of like is paying attention to what the readings um, at Mass these next several weeks are going to be, because in a sense, the, the readings at Mass get into not just like, hey, everyone should be happy, but like, man, there, there, we're in difficult times. There, there are, are dark dark times ahead. There, there are, are struggles that we're going to face and that we have faced in the past. And even as we hear this weekend about, about persecution and, and, and martyrdom of the seven, seven brothers in Maccabees. Um, so, so, that doesn't completely answer the question, but at least lets us know. Okay, it's okay that I'm feeling this way. It's okay, <laughs> you know that that and that um, the the church is going to lead us to a place that eventually culminates in the joy of Christmas over these next um, these next two months, really. Um, but it's 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 going to take seriously that human condition of of anxiety and stress and difficulties and pains and loss. Um, and so I, I think it's beautiful to recognize that if that's where you are, then the Bible. And the Word of God and the Church and the liturgy wants to meet you right there. Well, and, you know, I, I think also let's open up the phone lines here um, because I'm sure there's many people dealing with some of those different situations. You know, like you say, maybe it's the nightmare of getting together with family. You know you're obligated, but you're you're dreading it even three weeks away. It's just hanging over you. Uh, maybe there is that loss of someone, you know, someone very, very close to you. And it just seems like the holidays are going to be empty this year. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear maybe if you've dealt with that in the past. What has helped you? How has your faith been that foundation for you during those times? And how did your your faith really help sustain that Christian joy, even though you were dealing with the sadness or the grief or whatever it might be in your life? Maybe you are dealing with some of that sadness or that anxiety or that depression right now, and you'd like a little advice as we head into this season of holiday time, and you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Michael Nixon. The phone number here, 888-914-9149. Again, that's 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. You know, you you talk about the readings, and even when we look at, um, we had just a couple days ago for All Saints Day, the gospel reading of the Beatitudes, 
where Jesus, mm. you know, he goes through and talks about all of these kind of conventions of what we, what we would look in the world to say, this means you're happy or this means you're blessed. He, he turns those on their, on their heads, but at the very end, he said, blessed are you when they insult you and they persecute you, when they utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me, rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. We also have St. James in his letter in the New Testament. When he opens it up, he says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. So we've got these considerate joy or blessed are you, you know, rejoice and be glad when you're persecuted, when you encounter trials. And I think that might sound good on the surface. Okay, yeah, sure, I can kind of take that and run with it when everything is going well in life. You know, the bills are paid, the car is running, uh, the family is healthy. But when one of those pieces falls apart, when you're actually in those trials, when you're facing those difficulties, I think that's where it's, okay, where do I even start? Where do I start to try and foster this kind of joy that we're that we're, we're told about, how can I rejoice? How can I grab on to that rejoicing, that, that, that abiding joy that helps me persevere through these moments? Yeah, and, and it reminds me, even as you're saying that too, uh, there's a great example of that, of that rejoicing too, when Peter and John are arrested and beaten um, and uh, in, in the Acts of the Apostles, so they're kind of living what Jesus said in, in, in his Beatitudes, and they rejoice that they had been as, as it says, they were found worthy to suffer dishonor for his name. So yeah, when we can see that, and it, it's such a it's such a, a jarring thing, and, and maybe can just seem kind of aspirational or very far out in front of us. But in my daily life, and in, in, in the you know, I, I go to turn the car on, and I'm already running late, and it doesn't work, or there's a flat tire. Um, that that spot to experience joy there, and it's and, and it's it's beyond our 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 capacity. Um, but it comes from, and this this maybe is is just a good thing for for wherever people at, because obviously everyone's in different situations. And is is it comes from the the encounter with Jesus, and that that's that's really what this is all about. Like, what's the difference? It's not just a matter of of tricks of of, of more positive thinking, which are helpful, and mindfulness, and all these different stuff that people do, and 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 I encourage that, and exercise, and health, and getting sunshine. You're talking about daylight saving setting in on us. Um, uh, the uh, but the joy of the gospel fills the hearts and lives of all who encounter Jesus. That, that's Pope Francis, really his, his first words to the church when he was um, with the joy, his, his letter, the joy of the gospel. So to think about that, like what is the, the situation or circumstance that's bringing me sorrow or, or anxiety or I'm, I'm leading me to that place of depression or just just you know you know just just that that general angst and, and discomfort. And what would it look like? And this is a great thing for prayer. And take take 20 minutes, take 30 minutes of prayer. Of inviting Jesus into that, and and then what do you see? What do you taste? What do you smell? What do you experience? What do you hear from Jesus as He's walking into that family um, room with you? As He's going into that conversation? As He's returning to the in-laws' house for the first time in three years? Some people spend a long time since they've been home with family as well, and there can be increased anxiety. Um, as I'm having that conversation with the family member who disagrees with me vehemently on politics or on religion or on um, you know, <laughs> COVID and masking and lockdowns and all the things that we've kind of been through, all the madness we've been through, and that can bring so much anger and anxiety to us. It's like, what would it look like to walk into that place and experience the love of Jesus there? And to, and to start to, to receive that, and then all of a sudden it becomes possible that I can give that. So I, I'm, I'm not just, because the devil's very good at, at proposing 
circumstances and situations to us that don't even exist. Right. In the sense, you know, the, yeah, the big future, what future ifs. Things that, that, yeah. The big what ifs. Yeah. What if this happens and this happens and this, this happens and they all happen at the same time? None of them can all happen at the same time. <laughs> um, right. But he's very good at propose, proposing those to us. And then you're kind of like, I was liking it's like trying to fist fight a ghost or something. It's like, are you winning? I don't, I don't know. You, you, you probably, uh, probably not because you know you don't win that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's. Uh, but instead, to be in the reality of, all right, Lord, you love me here, and what does your love for me in that spot look like? And really allowing the Lord to speak, and He does. And um, there's there's that that great scene, and it might might seem trying to you know kind of dramatic to liken a Thanksgiving dinner to, uh, to the, the 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 storm on the Sea of Galilee. But I think it's and sometimes it's very similar where they see Jesus and they think it's a ghost. You know, speaking of ghosts, and and they, they're terrified, and he speaks from the chaos, from the darkness, from the place that they fear. He says, you know, "Be not afraid; it is I." And there's something so beautiful about that. Okay, Jesus is there, and so it's possible to uh, to enter into that, to step into that place, um, and know that I'm still loved, no matter what what the other circumstances around me might be, the other chaos that might be raging. Uh, you know, the other thing that might be good to talk about for a moment here, too, is as we talk about, you know, if you're heading into a family gathering where there, you know, that can be a cause of stress and anxiety, um, it, it, we might acknowledge that not all stress in our lives is necessarily bad. But I, I think as you're talking, mm-hmm. you're using words like anxiety and especially fear. You know, that's where things can grow problematic in that. Um, you know, there, there can be good stresses that we face in our lives, but I guess in your experience in dealing with, you know, parishioners and other people that you, you talk to, maybe even your, in your own experience, what can help lessen maybe that bad stress that leads us into that area of worry, of fear, of anxiety? Yeah, well, and that's great. I'm actually part of a family, too. Not a lot of people feel a lot of people know that, but um, so, so having experienced these things in my family as well, like this recognition that one of the one of the temptations that I face, and probably most people face, and particularly if you're, if you're trying to grow in a relationship with the Lord, and family members are at different places with that, is a temptation towards control, um, and and in a sense that the fact that I'm not in control of these other people in my life, who I love, you know, we're all contractually obligated to love each other. Um, but but I, I don't control them, I, I, and I can't control them. And in a sense, God's okay with that. Like, he doesn't control us, which is kind of astonishing, because he could. Um, and he still loves us, and he still is patient with us and kind. So so maybe even kind of paying attention, like, what are the things that, that I'm going into this, I'm going home, or I'm having these, you know, these conversations with that person who I haven't seen in a while. The last time he spoke, he was just so, um, just, you know, bitter and, and hurtful and, and, and everything. Like to say, like Lord, what do you want for this this relationship, and and what do I want out of this relationship? What and what I want at the end of the night for us to be able to say about about our conversation and our time together. And if if it's anything about like, well, I want them to have changed their opinion about all the things I think I think they're wrong on. That's that's we need to let that go. <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. And, and it'll instead, almost never like, end well. Yeah, absolutely. But if instead of I'm saying, Lord, at the end of this night. I want my sister, my brother, my aunt, my, my grandma, my, my, my son-in-law, I want them to know that I love them. Like, man, that's, that's the, in a sense, that becomes my goal. That becomes my, my, the, the thing that I'm, um, and, and I want them to know that you love them even more, even, even more, Lord. So in a sense, it's kind of surrendering a lot of the control about other people's behavior and other people's 
attitudes and insights and politics that are, um, man, we just, we just, we're setting ourselves up for failure. In a sense, it's, it's guaranteeing um, the way that we're kind of wiring, allowing ourselves to be wired that somebody who disagrees with me on the wrong thing, that there's only going to be bitterness there. But if instead of, I mean, Jesus dealt with people all the time who were so far away from him by their behaviors, and their actions, and was still able to love them. And uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's a real, and that's not, not a matter of just being a pushover. It's not, not saying that, like, as far as things that are important or morality or other, other things. But, man, Lord, what I desire, what I hope for, what I'm praying for, what I put into your hands is for my brother and my sister to, to know how much I love them, and even more so to know that you love them. Talking with Father Michael Nixon today here on The Inner Life and how we can make it through some of those difficult moments, especially as we look ahead to the holidays. Maybe there's that stress of gathering together with family for you. How do you experience joy in those moments? might seem impossible. Well, it's not, and we're going to talk more about that coming up. Maybe you've been able to move past some of those stresses, some of that anxiety that you've had maybe in the past for you. What has helped you? One of you faced some of those difficulties in your life, but you were still able to be joyful because of that relationship with Christ. You, you gave control over to him. You didn't want to hold on to that control yourself, just like Father Michael is talking about. Maybe you're in the midst of this. You, you're looking ahead to Thanksgiving and Christmas or other gatherings with your family coming up, and you're worried about how it's going to go. Maybe there's somebody you've lost in your life, and there's the dread of loneliness around the holidays, and you'd like a little advice, some encouragement, some insight from Father Michael. The phone number, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Today, I'm talking with Father Michael Nixon, and you're welcome to be a part of the conversation by giving us a call at 888-914-9149. Today, we're talking about how we can have joy as we face difficulties in our life, and especially as we look ahead to these upcoming holidays and some of the stress and anxiety that can bring, um, so many different things that can <laughs> make us worried about what tomorrow will bring, you know, and uh, we just kind of find ourselves getting obsessed with that. We can't let it go. It seems like it robs us of that joy. How do you grab on, hold on to, experience that joy that God wants for you, uh, even when things seem bad? Our phone number, 888-914-9149, Father Michael, before the break, you were talking about, you know, the the not wanting to necessarily control others, and you were giving Mm -hmm. examples of, you know, where there can be that conversation. Somebody gives an opinion, it's contrary to what you believe, and it can devolve into arguments and conflict, and... I think the other 
the other aspect that, you know, is good to talk about, and you, you mentioned it briefly, and I'd like to go back to it, you know, we want to maybe try and control people, but we also have this idea that we can control ourselves, you know, that I, mm. there are all these factors, all these variables that I want to control, but most of those are really out of our control. You know, most of the time we like to imagine, kind of deceive ourselves that we're more in control than we really are. Uh, you know, as we talk about some of that worry, that anxiety, that stress, even the depression that can come around, how do you, how do you think we can let go of the worry, let go of the anxiety, not worry about the what ifs that you were talking about, you know, what the future might bring, but really just be able to say, God, I trust you in this moment that you're going to take care of me come what may. Yeah, I think it 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 it, it goes back to, you know, because when you get into those things where everything's out of your control and <laughs> I come from a big family, a big, awesome, loud family where it's, you know, uh, I have 22 nieces and nephews and, you know, just things are, are everywhere. And so in a sense, if I, if I went into that thinking like this needs to go this certain way, <laughs> things need to happen a certain way, that's going to ensure that, that I'm, I'm going to be upset. So paying attention to 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 those factors, I think I think it is having having compassion on ourselves that like, yeah, I, I do kind of feel stressed or I do feel anxious or I do feel uh, sad or, or, or uh, you know, that depression, that even that seasonal depression that, um, that you were talking about at the beginning of the show is, is, is affecting me. So we can begin to have a little bit of compassion on ourselves, but also to hopefully moving us towards a place of beginning to have some compassion on other people, too. Um, so often we can assume the uh, worst motivations for why people do what they do or why people say what they say or, or, or act the way that they act. Oh, and man, that, that is such a dangerous thing. I, I tell people all the time, I'm inside my own head, and I don't always know why I do the things that I do. Um, they're all, you know, so, so to somehow assume and to, to think that I could know why somebody else does what they do is in a sense crazy. It's kind of, you know, a, 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 there's an insanity behind that to, to think that I have this, this clairvoyant knowledge of the why for other people. Um, so, so maybe beginning to, w- with that place of, of compassion uh, towards myself and towards others is 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 a really good uh, vantage point to to begin to cultivate. Even in our thoughts, every time I think about them, I'm thinking not about like, oh man, they're in that relationship that's terrible, or they they voted for that person, or they you know all those things. There's certain people that bring up to, to as soon as they come to say like, Lord, help them to know your love today. Help help me to see them as you see them. Just just those simple little prayers throughout the week uh, when they come up, or or when they contact us, or when we hear from them, or someone mentions their name. I think begin to train our minds and hearts in, in, uh, to, in, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, try and give them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> that they, yeah. they, they're, they're not out to get you. Um, you know, I, but at the, at the same time, it, it is possible. Um, I mean, I, I have, I, growing up, I loved to argue. Uh, it was just something I enjoyed, you know, and I can see that in some of my kids. Um, I have one daughter especially who loves to just, you know, even if she knows it's not necessarily right, she will kind of dig her heels in if there's that chance to have an argument, to have some debate, have some conflict. And she'll she'll just stand her ground on whatever the issue may be. And there have been times where we've been able to say, you know, hey, just because things might get, you know, this back and forth, 
we still love each other. And I, I think even that by itself is just acknowledging, okay, even though there might be some things where we don't see eye to eye, I love you. And there's nobody I'd rather disagree with more than you because you're one of my favorite people to be around. Even just having that kind of attitude, I think, can help just just disarm and lessen some of that tension that you might experience at times there. If you just acknowledge, yeah, we don't see it eye to eye, but you're still great. I still love you. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's it, like, like you said, when we don't know ourselves, how easy it is to just when we get in that place and man, all we can think, all we're just seeing red and we're just seeing, I got to, I got to come up with the, the perfect rejoinder to, to shut them up, you know? <laughs> and in a sense, like, uh, like, you know, you kind of get out of the wreckage of that and you realize like, wow, I, uh, it's just, uh, it just didn't help anybody. Nobody was furthered. And I won, I may have, I might, might have even won the argument. Um, but, uh, but I hurt the person and I hurt this relationship. Right. Too, and that, that's a real, well, that's a hollow victory yeah, at that point, you know, that that doesn't yeah. give you any true joy or satisfaction. Uh, I mean, there might be that momentary, that fleeting satisfaction. Sure, I bested them in this argument, but what did that really do for our long-term relationship here? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, if you walk away from something like that, I think, again, you know, that robs us of that joy that we can find in Christ. And so... You know, turning back to that idea of of joy, you you made mention of, um, you know that that we we don't want to we don't want to walk into these moments wanting to try and control people, try and control the situation. But I think if we really are experiencing sadness or pain or grief or depression, there's things we're also not talking about just just ignoring those things, trying to shrug them off. Right. You know, we want to be honest about Absolutely. the things that really do cause these emotions for us that bring this into our lives. But then when we are experiencing those moments, when there is that conflict, that stress, that depression, that loneliness, where others might look hopeless in Christ, we have this most perfect hope that can still bring us joy in the face of distress, in the face of, of, of what would seem to be hopelessness. Absolutely. You know, my family were, um, my brother died uh, tragically last year in an accident at work. Um, and so, so recognizing that, so like I'm one of six kids and, you know, big family and we're all very, very close. And uh, everyone, that, that, that pain hits everybody in different ways. Um, it hurt, you know, just, just that loss. And, and so celebrating holidays takes on a whole nother uh, layer to that. Yeah. You know, we've been through kind of one round of holidays this past year and, 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 and we'll be coming up on another round without him, but, but, but just the reality of loss and the reality that, man, people are in different places with that and it affects them in different ways. And sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's being sullen or standoffish or just not wanting to do something. And, and we can take that personal when, when we're like, Hey, we're doing this for the family, you know, like all, all those sorts of things. So uh, to, to assume, as I said earlier, to assume other people's motivations or, or why they're doing what they're doing is, 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 is a real danger there, but even for ourselves, like to be to be aware of that awareness. Uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola teaches so many good things on discernment, and it starts with awareness, like aware, being aware of what's going on in my mind and heart, aware of what I'm feeling and experiencing, and um, and I've heard this described that emotions are are like children, and that we don't need to obey them, but we do need to acknowledge them. I feel sometimes we can be very bad about acknowledging our emotions 
um, in any meaningful way, particularly with, with the Lord in prayer, um, to just be like, Lord, I'm feeling really sad now. Be with me here. Not not even saying, like, Lord, help me to not feel sad anymore, because that's, that's in a sense, the Lord's not going to take your emotions away, because um, he created us, human persons, and we have emotions. Jesus had emotions, and he never sinned, um, and uh, including anger, including sadness, um, but he never sinned. He did all, all those things without sinning. Now, we only know many of those emotions attached to sin, um, and so it's kind of hard to differentiate that, but to say, like, what would it be to experience this sadness and to be real about it and open and honest with the Lord and with the people that I can trust with it um, so that I can continue moving through that place? Because it's, it's, it's related to something. If I'm sad, it's because it's I've experienced something heartbreaking. Um, if I'm angry, it's usually because there's been an, an injustice, and, and it's, impro- it's, it's appropriate to feel those emotions, but not to allow those emotions then to dictate all my actions. Um, but, you know, because I'm, I'm called to, to learn how to in a sense, direct those towards greater faith, hope, and charity, towards greater virtue, all the things that, that, that I, I, that I want to live in my life. And that's a practice I can begin today, because you're going to experience emotions today, no matter what's going on. So it's nice to begin to practice those now before the, those emotions get kind of ramped up in more volatile situations. You know, as you're talking about that, too, um, as you're saying, people will respond differently and be in different places, as they're processing, you know, the loss you were talking about, the loss of your brother having gone through that. Um, I remember after my father died, we had made it to the one-year anniversary of his death, and I didn't realize how much grief I was still kind of holding in myself. And I, I think, you know, when you get around people that you can be your true self with, you know, when you're in the workplace or when you're, uh, you know— out socializing, you kind of put on a brave face. But then when you come back together with family who have had those common experiences, those common Mm. sufferings, you can kind of let your guard down and be more of your real self. And there might be this kind of delayed response to that grief. And that's where that anger and that sadness, you might not even realize, oh, that's really just been here this whole time. And that can come out in those moments too. Yeah, absolutely, and and it, and it probably will, and and I think it, it's it's a uh, again tenderness for ourselves and and our experience there. Um, we can set ourselves up, you know. One of I've, I've learned a lot about grief and mourning my own heart and life in this past year and a half, and and realizing that man, sometimes you set yourself up in the perfect situation to grieve, and it, nothing nothing happens, and then all of a sudden. At the most inopportune of times, <laughs> lots of stuff can happen, and yeah. lots of, of, of tears and, and, and hurt and pain can come out there. But man, I think it's particularly with family members, um, and this this is just from my own experience. I know different people have different situations with that, where where you have experienced loss, um, whether it's recent or, or not so recent, um, to not make to not in a sense we can force put a lot of of, of uh, pressure on family gatherings. Like this is when we're all going to see each other, and we're all going to, you know, and so this is when all, it's all going to come out. But how great would it be if you resolve between, if say, if you were having a family gathering at Thanksgiving this year, so we're, you know, three and a half weeks from there, to say like I'd like to connect with all the family members, just just give them a call and just just catch up, even if it's just five minutes, just saying I love them and seeing how they're doing and tell them praying for them if, that, if that's appropriate for that relationship. Um, so before you get to that place, it's not the first time you've seen each other. Where it's kind of now this public kind of kind of thing, you know, has its own sort of ritual to it, um, and maybe doesn't always go ritualized in a, in a good direction. 
um, with, with certain families or certain certain uh, kind of ruts that you might find yourself in with drinking or other or, or negativity um, that that can easily be a part of it. But they, I've, I connected and it was a positive connection. I just told them I loved them leading up to that. So it's it's kind of it gives a little bit of a release valve for for the big moments when when we're together if we've already done that um, in, yeah. in a more state you know less volatile circumstance. Right. Uh, you know, Father, we had a, a caller who couldn't stay with us here, but wanted to ask, you know, we're talking about the stress of gathering together with family, but what if your family, there's been such division, there there's problems in that family, and there's not that unity. Nobody wants to get together anymore. Nobody wants to talk with you, for whatever the reason might be. Um, you know, if there's that kind of isolation within the family unit there any advice for somebody who's kind of facing that situation how they can uh you know and and i don't know from this caller is there the ability that you could reach out and try and mend some of those broken relationships or is it something where you've tried and it's just been rejected time and again so you know this is one of those instances i don't have much information from the caller but my heart aches for this person that just is is right, not able to be right. there together with their family. Absolutely. Well, I mean, first and foremost, going back to where we started with that encounter with Jesus, um, which is where the where joy comes, as Pope Francis tells us, when you bring that pain to Jesus, there's a certain realization. Okay, Jesus experienced rejection from his own family. Like, there's there's something about that. Like, there's um, obviously not not our blessed mother Saint Joseph, but members of his family that, you know, thought he was insane and that would, that rejected him. And members of his own town, members of the people that he grew up with that uh, were ready to throw him, throw him off a, a mountain in, a, you know, in, in Nazareth. Like, there's something about that. So if I begin to pray with that, like, this pain that I feel, this rejection that I feel, this isolation, it's, it's real. So none of this is, is a matter of just, just stop feeling that way. But it's like it being real about that with the Lord. And then all of a sudden it becomes a place of connection with God. Um, a connection with Jesus and with His heart. Um, so there's a, there's some hope within that. There's there's definitely some some restoration uh, to be had there. Um, but but you can't control the whole thing. You can't control the whole situation. Particularly if there's past hurts and pains. Usually there's decades. Um, I mean, for most families, most people who are adults, there's decades, uh, sometimes even centuries worth of pain that are piled on um, these these uh, these hurtful situations and circumstances. You can't solve all of that. But is there someone I can reach out to? Is there someone I can just, you know, uh, give a call or a text or just just a word of encouragement and love, not to talk about the other person who's, you know, so terrible or who's causing division, uh, but just to tell them that I love them. Um, you can't do everything, but you can do something. And I think that's that's what we're responsible for is, is, is for that. But also, too, making sure that, that we have, in a sense, it, it's kind of hard. You know, we live in such a, a, an age of, of – of self-care that it can almost kind of be, be sort of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of almost, uh, uh fake, uh, seeming, but, but there is something important about you. You should have people around you who love you and care for you and seeking that out. It's not a bad thing, whether maybe it's just friends or people you meet in your parish, um, to be able to spend time with them, you know, the, the, the friends giving kind of a, a tradition that started that I think there's, there's some, there's, you know, maybe uh, some hokiness to that, that can happen. But there's something beautiful as well. Of like, oh wow, I'm 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 experiencing love and care from other people, and then also too recognizing that that the more we do that, there are people who have nobody, and uh, man, how 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 great would it be if, if out of my place of man, I wish I was with my family right now, wish we could get together, but we can't. 
So I'm doing Meals on Wheels this Thanksgiving, and I'm delivering food to some people who, who have nobody. Um, I'm giving out of that place of poverty, and, uh, and in my experience, the Lord always always responds to that. He always fills that place with His, his grace when we start to live a little bit, a little bit of that, char- of that charity out of, out of our place of hurt. Yeah, I, I, that, that's such a great suggestion. Again, talking with Father Michael Nixon here today. Father Michael is the pastor of St. Dominic's Catholic Church in Panama City, Florida. And our phone number here, 888-914-9149. How are you able to experience the joy that God wants for you in your life when you're dealing with difficulty, uh, especially as we look ahead to the holidays here? three weeks out from Thanksgiving, and maybe there's the stress of gathering with family, maybe there's loneliness. You don't have that family to gather together with, as, as Father Michael was just talking about. Uh, what has helped you? How has your faith helped sustain that, that joy, that Christian joy, even when you're dealing, going through that difficulty in your life? Maybe you're dealing with that right now and you'd like some advice. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Michael, 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive hundreds of your phone calls every day, all thanks to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line. Our sponsor offers flexible life insurance and annuities. Visit RelevantRadio.com Forester today, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Thanks for joining us here during this hour of The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and the show is being produced by Nick Sentovich. Thomas Engess are helping to screen your phone calls, and the phone number you can call to join the program is 888-914-9149. Again, that's 888-914-9149. As we talk about how we can experience that joy that God wants for us, wants to give us, wants to offer us, even when things seem dark, when things seem like there's no hope ahead of us. And uh, maybe that's something that you're going through in your life right now, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement. You can talk with Father Michael Nixon, our spiritual director. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. Father Bernadette is calling in from San Leandro, California. Hi, Bernadette. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was telling this call screener that my husband was diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer, and they said it was incurable. And when, I, when we went in for the first meeting, I wore Padre Pio. Somebody gave me a T-shirt for Padre Pio, and it says, pray, hope, and don't worry. And I was holding my rosary the whole time, and that really sustained me. And the prayers of people have sustained me. I think and, um, and going to Holy Hour, that has been, you know, praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, going to mm-hmm. Holy Hour, and contemplating on the sorrows of Christ. And he's made me realize, he's given me so much, that how can I complain about this? And I, and I just surrender my husband to him. And um, even though I'm very sad, I find joy in that I know God is taking care of it. And he's right now, he had a biopsy that showed no cancer. So they're doing another PET scan to see, well, why we, we say there's cancer. It was in all the fluid. We don't understand this. And so I'm praying that tomorrow that, you know, he doesn't, the PET scan will show nothing. Um, but I've just been relying on God and, and people, other people to sustain me. And people have the same prayer life as I do and, and love me. And that's really important and understand that other people are going through things. And I'm hoping that this will be um, a way of sharing, you know, uh, God's love for them as well. 
Mm. Thank you for that, Bernadette. That that is beautiful, and that is beautiful. And Bernadette, what is what is your your husband's name? Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. So just just as we're, 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 um, you said, Jeff, right? Yes. Okay. Well, well, I, I just want to continue that prayer through intercession of Saint Padre Pio. Lord, we pray for for healing for Jeff and for Bernadette, and just draw their hearts closer to each other and closer to you in love, Lord. And her witness, Lord, her powerful witness that she shares with us may be a source of hope and encouragement for anyone who's going through similar struggles and darkness to cling to the cross, to draw close to you in adoration and in uh, reflecting on the sorrows, um, uh, this, this, your, your, uh, your way of the cross, Lord, and your suffering for us to bring hope in the midst of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would, I would, I'm sure you, um, you, you would agree, Josh. It's just a testimony like that to me is such a, a powerful witness of somebody who's who's learned who's who's you know cultivated a, a habit of prayer and so when something as 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 just overwhelming and daunting as stage four cancer gets kind of um, tossed at you to be able to say like oh, okay well I'm going to continue to pray here because that's what I was doing before so I'll, I'll keep on praying and see how the Lord will work and uh, whether it's a physical uh, cure or not which we hope for and pray for. Uh, recognizing that 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 the glory of God is going to be manifested through through Jeff and Bernadette. Yeah, you, you know, um, one of the things that I think you can hear there in Bernadette's voice too is we've talked a lot about hope this hour. You know that there is hope that God wants to foster that that virtue of hope in us. But the other word that comes to mind listening to Bernadette is peace, and maybe you can talk mm-hmm. about that how hope and peace are related to the joy that we experience through life in Christ. You know, St. Paul talks about it being a peace that goes beyond comprehension, beyond our understanding. And I think that's that's what we just witnessed in listening to Bernadette. Absolutely. <clears throat> and again, just, just yeah, what, what a blessing to hear her testimony there. And so many other people have stories like that. Um, but that the more that you live your life in hope, which is more, it's not optimism. It's not, you know, some just sort of just like, you know, you know, hopefully all things will, will turn out the way I want them to. It's knowing that who you are and whose you are. It, it flows from relationship with, with God who's promised to said, I will not abandon you, that I'm with you. He's Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus is present to me right now. Um, and the more that, that I live in that way, it, it, it flows into that place of peace. It flows into matter what the circumstances, because circumstances, they shift and change, and they can change on a dime, and you can go from everything just being mundane and normal to being horrific and terrible in, 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 in a matter of seconds, um, and in the midst of that, to experience um, that peace that surpasses all understanding is, 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 really, is really powerful, and hearing other people's stories, I think, kind of can, can begin to open us up to that, so even if I start my day with that prayer, like, Lord, I'm going to put my hope in you. And there's the things I want to get done. Here's the things I want to happen today. My hope is in you, and and, that, and may may my heart be filled with your joy today. And, and it, it makes a difference. It really does. In a sense, it fills us up for whatever's coming our way. Um, that 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 might might be be uh, be difficult and and trying. Might be joyful as well. But but uh, no matter what, that we're we're rooted in in a relationship that's not that's not shifting just because the circumstances have shifted. Right. Uh, Let's say that, you know, I'm in an okay place, but I see my family member, they're the one who's really struggling. You know, whatever the circumstances mm-hmm. around might be, 
you know, I'm not the one who is dealing with the the worry or the stress or the anxiety or, you know, depression or whatever it is, but I'm really watching someone I care about in my family. Any suggestions on how I can help that person struggling in those moments? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, we're talking a lot about prayer. Prayer, and of course. Yeah, for, first and foremost. Praying, praying for the person, praying for the person, but also praying for the opportunity uh, Lord, give me the opportunity to to connect with them in a meaningful way, um, and uh, and and then to be open to when that opportunity comes. And I think this is something that that's so key that oftentimes we don't we don't all, we don't always do we don't cultivate this is is being able to ask those open ended questions that give them an an opportunity to 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 share what's in their heart, share what's going on, or even to say you know that simple like you know last time I saw you. Um, you seem down, and and I was, how are you, you know, how have things been going? Like, what's, or even, or even not like, you know, uh, you doing okay today? Like those kind of things that we can kind of like, we, we we beg the answer to the question we're asking. We're hoping they say that they're okay, instead to say like, like, how are you doing? I, w- I would love to hear 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 how you're processing all this, or what it's been like for you, or how you're getting through this, um, you know, with whether it's the loss of a loved one or just struggles and difficulties, health struggles. Um, and, and giving them the permission to be able to go to wherever they want to go. Because um, that way, then we're not just assuming. I know she's going through a lot because her husband died, you know, or, or I know he's going through a lot because his, his, his son and, and his daughter-in-law got a divorce. We, we don't really know what they're going through necessarily. So to be able to be curious about that and asking the question and giving them the opportunity to respond um, uh, is, is really is, is such a beautiful thing. And I think people really are... Um, there's a lot of gratitude within that, and that like, oh, now all of a sudden I'm heard, um, which which might be the only person that's actually asking that question, as, as strange as that might seem. I, I'm really glad you brought up that word gratitude, because, you know, when we go through those difficult times, when we have those sad moments in our life, that really can help us appreciate so much more what we really do have. You know, we won't take things so easily mm-hmm. for granted. And I, I think this ability to have a deeper experience of gratitude, that just leads us right back to Christ and the Eucharist, because that Eucharist, you know, that word literally means thanksgiving. Yeah, so every, every time we celebrate the Eucharist, every time we come to Mass, go to adoration, in a sense, it, it moves us to a place of even bringing all my brokenness. Let, let my brokenness be when I'm lifting up on the altar and when I receive back as Jesus, I receive God's Son. Um, and, and, and there's such a, a beautiful exchange that we're invited into. So bring your broken heart to Mass. Uh, bring, bring your anxieties and worries and uh, right. illnesses. Cast your cares and, upon and, Christ. And, uh, <laughs> That's, absolutely. Yep. And, 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 and the Father, Father gives us everything in return. Yeah. Father Michael Nixon, thanks so much for being with us here today. We've got about 30 seconds left. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Absolutely. Lord God, through the hands of the heart of Mary Immaculate, St. Martin de Porras, whose feast day we celebrate today, we pray your blessing upon all our listeners and their families. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thanks so much, Father. Always good to talk with you, and I hope you can join us tomorrow as here on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about one of the seven sacraments, the sacrament of reconciliation or confession. Uh, going to be a great conversation, and uh, of course, it's one of those things that we hear so often. We don't take advantage of it. It's right there, available for us. Hope you can join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. Mass starts next, followed by The Faith Explained. 